Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Gregan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a De Beer. Welcome back, everyone, to the Green and Gold Rugby Show for another week. Remembering we are the podcast that's getting you over the gain line on the hottest topics of Australian rugby. I am Rugby Reg, Reg Roberts, on an all-too-rare appearance in the podcast. Good to be back. Uh, keen to be a part of this one because we're going to have a bit of fun tonight. Uh, joining us to do that tonight is Hugh and Nick. Hugh, how are you, mate? I'm great, Reg. I'm great. Um, it's been, been a while. We, we've got our monthly podcast, though. We we uh, made a commitment. We've, we've delivered on that commitment uh, that these would be sporadic. But um, hopefully uh, we can start the slow burn into the World Cup, which is only a few months away. So not only will the games finally be happening, but also the podcast will hopefully be more regular. So something to look forward to on both fronts. Yeah, I, I don't know who's got the hardest job in Australian rugby at the moment. Is it is it you know sort of Rugby Australia's lawyers, Michael Checker's selection team, or Nick? You trying to get us rustle us together to do a podcast every couple of weeks, mate? <laughs> well, it is. I know it is pretty busy at the moment. I know Matt's travelling around the world, and I know Jamie's all busy. But we're still committed. We're still here, um, and looking forward to doing a pod tonight. Yeah, so we're doing things a little bit different tonight. I alluded to a bit of fun. We're going to have a selection meeting tonight, um, listeners. We we realise it is exactly 60 days until the first Wallaby test of the season versus South Africa. So what better time than to start talking about Wallaby squads? Everyone loves to do it. We're going to do it live tonight. Um, yeah, I don't know which one you guys are, but I'm going to claim Michael O'Connor nice and early only because our playing styles were very similar um, but consider this a three-man selection panel. We're going to pick a 23-man squad ostensibly for... What are we saying? Are we positioning this as our World Cup final team, lads? Yeah, I have to. I, I think so. Now, look, I'll play the part of Michael Checker, given, you know, my uh, clear and obvious bias to the Waratahs that's been well well established. So I wouldn't... <laughs> that leaves you as the charismatic Scott Johnson there, uh, Nick. So enjoy that role, mate. So we're picking a 23 that, you know, this is our strongest Wallaby team uh, playing the final, the grand final of the Rugby World Cup. Uh, injuries, you know, we'll do with as they are. Um, and we're also going to pick a bolter. We'll do that at the end. Who we think is sort of that that name, that uncapped Wallaby uh, or player that we think can play a role in the World Cup. Perhaps we don't quite know where and how, but um, someone that's at least caught the eye. Um, so, lads, ready to get stuck into it? Can't wait. Let's go. All right. So we're going to start up front. We're going to do this in sort of, uh, let's call it positional groups. Uh, let's start with the front row, lads. And I'm going to lead away here. Um, and in fact, Hugh and I, uh, in fact, we're not too far off, the, all three of us. But um, Hugh and I had the same uh, combination here. We've both gone for the Brumbies front row. And in fact, Oh, uh, we don't have the strength combination. We have gone for the Brumbies front row, but there is a difference, isn't there? So we've all gone for Alan Alatoa at number three at tight head prop. Uh, Hugh and I have gone uh, for Falao Fainga at hooker. I have gone for James Slipper at loose head prop. Um, Hugh, you have gone the other Brumby loose head wallaby candidate in Scott Seo. Yeah, aren't the, aren't the Brumbies just blessed with some talent up front, isn't it? Uh, they, they, they've they've done well for themselves there. But look, I mean, I I, I think it's it's um, I've got James Slipper on my bench, but um, he certainly had a, had a fantastic season. I mean, I suppose I'm I'm erring on the side in a few of these selections on on established performers, people that have, people that have filled the role in in uh, certainly last year, but then also looking back to 2015. And Scotty Co is is um you know was probably by the end of that that World Cup almost the first name on the team sheet and um you know certainly got the runs on the board at Wallaby level um and uh and, and I think I think for me gets gets across the line but certainly wouldn't be too disappointed to see James Slipper running out in the number one jersey either. Yeah, and like you, I've picked Co on my bench, but yeah, there's probably a case to be said that Slipper might be able to be the better. 
what are we calling him, closer, um, to come off the bench. But I, I really like the work that Slipper's done this year. Um, and this is not just a Queensland thing. I think he's been superb for the Brumbies. And he, he is such a leader. Let's let's not forget that he, he has captained the Wallabies and was a former Super Rugby captain himself. And that leadership is all, you know, we really need that in that in that Wallaby team at the moment, not doubting Skio's, uh, CO's leadership credentials. But, yeah, Slip is a, a wonderful player, but you couldn't go wrong with either of those guys. Now, Nick, you, you've uh, got James Slipper at loose head props. So talk us through that, but then talk us through your hooker selection as well. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with um, with it, with the props because, again, I'm kind of falling back here on the, uh, particularly with the props and most of my scrum choices on the Ben Darwin theory. You've got a lot of players who are playing really well together um, who can work off each other quite well. So I've got Alatala and Slipper as the starting props, but um, Scott Scotty Co will be in my will be in my bench. In addition to that, you know, you'd be criminal not to include Taniela Tupo on the bench as well as a finisher, because he's been—he's such an attacking weapon, um, and he's done so much good for the Reds in terms of their scrum. In terms of my hooker selection, though, um, as much as I've enjoyed Falafainga um, playing uh, and, the, and the role that he's done, I have kind of been a little bit hesitant about his form. It still is a little bit patchy in terms of the uh, hookers playing. In Australia, I mean, you're comparing him with Damien Fitzpatrick and uh, Brendan Payne-Gramosa um, and the like, I feel like he's definitely a cut above at the moment. Um, but I still feel like, he, particularly in general play, he's still a little bit scratchy. And, um, so I've kind of decided to go with experience as the starting hooker. And I've selected Tafi Pilota now because I feel like he brings a lot, he's got a lot of experience um, he'll be complemented by the strength up front of Alatoa and Slipper. Um, however, I would also put uh, Falau Fainga on the bench. So he'd be the finishing hooker to, um, to come and finish off the game strong um, and accompany you know, the likes of Tupo and Co, who um, I know he's, we play with Co and also the other Brumbies forward, whoever swaps out. So, yeah. Um, so, Pilota now and Fainga. Yeah, it's I, interesting, I, isn't it? Yeah, go on, mate. You, I, I see the merit in that. Yeah, I've got, I've got yeah, Tafu yeah. on my, my, my bench. I think my only caveat is probably just have to see how he goes when he's off the plane here. You know, uh, I um, give him a few games and see because, uh, you know, certainly he, he, he is at the tail end of his career and he's certainly played for a very long time and taken countless knocks to the head amongst other things as well. Um, so, you know, we would be willing to give him a shot off the bench. Reg, I want to throw a question at you um, about um, a player that Nick mentioned, and that's uh, Taniela Tupo. Um, certainly would be thinking about him in my team, but also from watching him this year, has he got a little bit of second-year syndrome? Um, I, well, I, I just see him dropping so many balls at every game, and he's still got that dynamic presence. But I, 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 I can't help but thinking he might not be as potentially as devastating as he was last year. Yeah, it's been a real concern, and there's no doubt his form for the Reds has been down. He he came back from a family you know, holiday with the family over Christmas um, back in Tonga, uh, very much overweight. Um, yeah, you know, which is considerable for a guy his size. He's worked hard to, you know, to, to get his weight down to, you know, still a pretty sizable chunk. But, uh, yeah, the biggest frustration for me, you're right, was his ball handling. He has dropped so much ball this year early on. Now, I think while he started late um, fitness-wise, oh, I get a sneaking suspicion he might have been worked on from a strength and conditioning perspective, particularly from a fitness perspective, pretty hard. I think he's one of those players they're, um, they're tapering for the World Cup, so to speak. And I think we may have seen that, maybe some heavy legs going on in some of those early games. He's coming good now. His last few games have been really dynamic. And this will surprise some people. I actually haven't seen the Reds versus World Guitars game yet. I had a family function on Saturday night and still haven't caught up with it yet. But I know the two games before that, he was almost back to his best, um, both from a scrummaging perspective, but also from a ball-carrying perspective. So... You're damn right in saying his form hasn't been where we'd want it, but I think it's trending the right way, um, and he'd definitely be on the bench for me. Um, uh, you know, assuming that all continues on, but I, I think he's a, a wonderful player and will prove a big weapon for us uh, moving into this World Cup. Um, it, it's interesting, guys. You, you know, you talk about your, your hookers, and uh, you know, I was really interested to see Tatafi get most both most of your, getting both your squads. I, I wouldn't be considering, but. 
we have long had such regular picks as hookers, particularly around World Cup time. You know, you, you go back to um, all the previous World Cups, uh, even back to, um, yeah, you know, 91 with Kearns and, and 95 with Kearns and 99 we had Foley and Kearns and then Stephen Moore came along and all that sort of stuff. We really had we, – we always have a guaranteed fullback. Your hooker. We really don't have that this year. You know, Falau Flinger has been in fine form and he's my starting hooker and scoring lots of tries. But I, I get what you guys are saying. There's still a degree of uncertainty around him. I think I don't think he's really necessarily proven he pl- can play test match rugby yet. Um, the, the interesting dynamic becomes who comes afterwards. And when you consider our only other test candidates are Tatafu, who, Hugh, you pointed out some of his maybe, you know, question marks around his fitness and even you know, the amount of rugby he's played. Um, Tolu Lasu's looking increasingly unlikely, um, and not just because of his on-ground performances, but more perhaps off the field. Um, Brandon Payne-Garamanosa, who was the other um, Wallaby test hooker last year, uh, is now pretty much a consistent bench player uh, behind Alex Murphy uh, at the Red. So those sort of regular names aren't there in the hunt, which means, you know, if, if Tahafi doesn't get you know, where we need them, we're starting to look at some rookies coming in. So whether it's Anuri Rangi from the Rebels, um, where it's Alex Murphy, who's apparently been caught up in the Wallaby squad at the moment from the Reds, or my selection for bench hooker, Damien Fitzpatrick from the Waratahs. I think Fitzpatrick's just such a... Um, uh, uh, he's an experienced head, which I think is invaluable. Um, he, he's uh, very... Got a controlled game. I think he's underrated in his general play, but his set-piece play is exceptional as well. So he'd be my reserve hooking up um, come World Cup time as well. So, And like I said, I wouldn't have to tough in my team at all, but I, you know, I get what you guys are saying. Um, so I think that pretty much rounds out our front row. So we've all got Alan Alatoa there, um, and uh, I guess just finish up the bench. Oh, and, and worth mentioning your bench. So you don't have Taniela, do you, Hugh, mate? You've gone for the old stager. Yeah, to be honest, I... I... Did this in a little bit of a rush, so I probably would still pick Tupo, I'd think. Um, but I, I would think Kepu would be probably your fifth prop um, there. Um, and Taniela just slipped my mind briefly when I was running that down. But look, probably yeah. would, would go with Tom and Thurow on the bench um, and, and Kepu as your fifth option in the squad. Yeah, exactly. I think Kepu would be my fifth man Who, as well. Low-key, again, has found a little bit of form. And, and in that well, in that Waratahs-Reds game, played, I think, 70 to 75 minutes, which for a man who is, you know, in the late, you know, generally blowing pretty hard after 40, uh, I thought was a and, and pretty admirable effort and going hard and winning big scrums late in the game. Um, I was really impressed with Sakopi Kepu. And, um, look, I'm, uh, regular listeners of the podcast would uh, – would would be not particularly surprised to hear me singing the bloke's praises. Top of the big, century. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Australia's greatest prop. He's been um, he's been down on form this year though, and I thought he might have been a bit over the hill. Um, but but recent weeks he's he's just turned it turned it around a little bit. So I still think he's probably there in Japan, if not um, potentially yeah. maybe not suiting up on game day. Yep. Um, good stuff. Let's move on to the uh, the giraffes in the second row. And we've got uh, uh, consistency here. We've all gone for the same combination. Nick, do you want to talk us through our selections there? Or your your perspective on these ones. And, in fact, you actually proposed a, something a little bit quirky originally, um, but we had to clarify some of the rulings. The Gitto law doesn't quite apply, but talk us through that. Yeah, so, well, again, my original kind of when we were discussing this was again I again I had kind of been falling back on the Ben Darwin theory um around you know having players playing together and um you know with Tatar coming from Leicester originally until I re- until you pointed out to me the nature of the Ben Darwin uh, the, the nature of, of Gitto's law I was originally going to go with Scott Fardy but now I've I've heard that he doesn't want it I I've heard that he I think check in um, and he had a chat and he's not coming back um which is which is disappointing because he's been in absolutely fan, um, fantastic form over at Leicester, um, at, at the Tigers, and I think it was was he was did he win the Player of the of the tournament? I think. No, I'm not too sure. Yeah. yeah he, he, Scott Fardy, I think. Well, Fardy's with Leinster, isn't he? Not Leicester. Yeah, he's in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Rather, apologies, Leinster. But yeah, um, so 
But what I, the, the regardless though, the, the the two picks that I've gone with are still staying, sticking with the Brumbies. I've been really impressed with Rory Arnold, and he's been, you know, improving. You know, I've been you know watching him over the last couple of years, and he's really becoming much more of a workhorse um, with that Brumbies uh, second row, and he's work within the field. He's always getting involved. He's I really love the way the, the, the physicality he brings. Um, and then for the other selection, uh, again, uh, coming off the ropes from is Isaac Rodder, um, who I think has really been uh, a real highlight of this Reds squad so far this year. Um, and he's really starting to put his hand up in terms of um, the versatility he can do playing within uh, within that forward pack. So those are my uh, my two for the second row. Yeah, Rory's an interesting one, isn't he, Hugh? I mean, he, he's, he was sort of ridden off last year. Um but it's hard to deny him currently. Yeah, he's just a very, I mean, he's been very consistent this year. I mean, my, my knock on him in previous years, I suppose he's been, for want of a more technical term, a bit of a goober. He he, he <laughs> tends to, you know, he's a giraffe and he lopes around the field and he tends to knock two to three balls on a game and just kind of give away in the, in the Rod Simmons kind of, Rob Simmons style, you know, a penalty or two that he probably shouldn't have. Um, but at his best, you know, he and he and he caught it a little bit for the Wallabies. Um, I think it was last year, early last year in a Bledisloe. Um, you know, at his best, he's a real physical presence. He can disrupt them all, um, and he, he is surprisingly mobile for a man of his size. And so, putting him in, you know, alongside Rodder, I think that that compliment those two players complement each other nicely. Rodder's got the got that big engine, and he just works and works and works. Um, but might probably not have that same level of impact that Arnold can have with ball in hand. Um, so, I mean, I think it could be Rory's put together a, a great year, and so is Isaac. And actually, the other factor, um, a man that features on my bench, um, but I don't think he features on any other benches, and that's Adam Coleman. And his mm. drop-off in form has been, you know, uh, well discussed and, and certainly noticeable. And I've got him on my bench because I think he can probably still add a little bit, um, you know, um, coming in the late stages and recouping that um, that that international form that we've that we've seen in previous years. Um, worth noting also, I've got a I've got a yeah. um, six, what is a six three bench too, a six two bench, um, yeah. and he features there. Whereas I know Reg and um, Nick, I think, have gone away from the uh, the more traditional second row sub. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, Nick's got a very uh, innovative bench, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a bit conservative with my bench. But yeah, really interesting, Rory Arnold, and, and I might chat on Adam Coleman. But you're right, that combination. Rod has been fantastic this year, one of the players of the tournament, I reckon, from an Australian perspective. But Rory Arnold, almost as an X factor for the lock, and, and his offloading game is superb when he gets it going, and I don't think we see it often enough. But his work in the mall is exceptional and it can be a real sort of weapon for us. So, and I mean, as a defending the more, um, which, you know, will be called on to do a fair bit. I could understand in these games. So yeah, thrill for Rory Arnold, always been a fan. He's off overseas next year. So hopefully he gets a, um, a fond farewell. Now, Nick, your bench lock, um, he's a player I'm a massive fan of, and I'd like to see him in our world cup squad. I'm not too sure if I could fit him in mine at the moment. He's not in my 23, but uh, and, uh, uh, Matt Phillip from the Rebels. Yeah, so Matt Phillip has been an interesting one for me. He's been, I, I've really been, his development over the last couple of years has been absolutely outstanding. Um, I really feel like coming off off the bench, he really has um, developed um, a real sense of physicality. Um, and I feel like complementing him coming off as a, as a finisher uh, for the likes of Arnold and and Rodder, probably would be coming on because um, Arnold is because Rodder is, is such a workhorse and has got such energy coming on as a um, for for Arnold in the dying stages of the game. I feel like Philip would would really kind of make that finishing role his own, and I think he could he would he would bring a lot uh, he would give a lot of push to that entire uh, to that entire forward pack. Um, which in those dying stages of the game, uh, particularly you know during the World Cup, is something that you really need. So, would absolutely love to see him in there. Yeah, he also he also seems to be a good squad member, like the type of guy that may just play the midweek games or the you know the lesser tests, but won't 
sort of flinch from giving his all and being there for the squad too. Look, I've gone for Luca and Salakai Loto on the bench, but I'd be, you know, satisfied with Philip in there. I think Salakai Loto, it's interesting, a bit of discussion on the forum, um, Green and Gold forum about Salakai Loto's form and not thinking it was there where it should be. I think he's been really good this year and has built wonderfully. I think he's really matured as a game. Um, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot more variety from him as offload and some of his skills even in, in the game on the weekend, I've seen the highlights. Um, and just his, his flexibility, he's playing a lot of back row, he's playing a lot of second row, so he's a legit option there, and I think he's, he, he forms a good sort of bench option uh, for the Aussies in uh, uh, you know replacing whoever he does, even if needed on the side of the scrum. Well, um, he's, in, he's, yeah. in, he's in my bench as well. Reg yeah. is probably covering more of a six role, but I will say he was. I thought he was outstanding on Saturday. I thought it was the yeah. best game I've seen from him in a long, long time. And um, again, another player that's um, really hitting form at the right time. Tremendous. Um, all right, back row time. Um, I might kick us off only because I haven't had a chance to start us off. But um, uh, you know, the moment I've been waiting for for a long time is the eligibility of Izzy Nasirani. Um, and he'd be straight into my number eight jersey for the Wallabies. You know, he, you know, and there are some candidates there, some strong candidates across the teams um, for the eight jersey. But I just think I'm a big fan of a combination. So you, you talk about the combination. Hooper's my number seven, and, and Luke Jones from the Rebels is number six. So I think as a combination that works so well for us. You know, you've got um, a hard grafting worker at number eight who. He, He's not a, a wide meter runner. He don't, likes to take it nice and close to the ruck, so he doesn't necessarily make the line breaks. But he, he's got this fantastic leg, leg drive and he, he makes lots of meters. Hooper, I think, has been absolutely exceptional this year for the Waratahs in a team that hasn't necessarily fired. Um, but he is, is an outrageous player. And I, you know, I, I think it's going to take him leading Australia to a World Cup win for him to get the kudos that he deserves as a player because he's he's amazing, um, but there's still a lot of doubters out there. I just think, um, you know, he's just a, a, an easy selection in that team. And then Luke Jones, who has been, I must admit, I probably had my doubts about whether he would get to the level we need, he, we need for him to be at, to be at a Wallaby, you know, with this big hubbub where he signed and brought back, but... Again, he's been a real star for the Rebels and, and adds so much to the game. A tremendous work rate, um, awesome line-out option, and, um, you know, very good ball in hand as well. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled about the potential of that back row, but um, there are a fair a few other candidates, and, and I guess we're relatively close, but we're all a little bit different. Hugh, talk us through yours. You've got a, a couple of the same there, but one different. Yeah, look, I've stayed with Hooper and Nicerani. I think, um, you know, we're all are big fans of David Pocock. Um, and I think at his best, obviously, he's world class um, and certainly features on my bench. I just think our concern or my concern certainly is about his fitness. Um, and, mm. you know, he seems to be unable to get on the park this year. And the idea that he's going to somehow string together six, seven straight games in a World Cup, yeah. touch wood, um, is probably a little bit fanciful at this point of his career when he's got now so many um, injuries, so many um, different ailments uh, that he's going to have to manage. So I think, you know, this idea of starting both Pocock and Hooper or just Pocock is probably a little bit far-fetched. I think we've probably got to manage his workload a little bit more effectively, and that's from the bench. Um, my number six, I, I, I'm a fan of Luke Jones, Reg. Um, I could easily have him in my side um, along with, starting at six with along with Salakar Loto, who I think could also yep. start at six. But the bloke I've ended up rolling with is Jack Dempsey um, from the Tars. I think he is a, a player that is finding some of his best form for the Waratahs that I've seen him play. Again, was really good on Saturday against the Reds. Um, and I think I'm just throwing back to him a few years ago, that Brisbane Bledisloe he played yeah, as his debut absolutely. test. And he was yeah. outstanding in that game. He, he strikes me as a type of guy that can lift... Um, in the big occasions, I really like the attitude that he plays with. He's um, someone who is capable of playing a wider game, but also playing tighter um, if if the uh, situation dictates. He's got uh, good ball skills. He can play in the line and out. Certainly a guy that I think, much like in in the same manner that Luke Jones is, I think he can really complement Hooper and Nicerani. So um, six is a, a, a position we probably had 
um, some issues with in previous years, but it looks like we've 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 actually got some options um, this year. And you throw in um, a few of the wider guys, and I think um, Nick's going to touch on one, but I'll also throw. Um, you know, um, he's injured, but Rob Valentini's been around the squad. You've got yeah. some guys like um, Scott Young and Wright that have been playing well for the Reds. You've got a guy like Ned Hannigan, who is, you know, the yeah. uh, a, a guy that's copped a lot in the previous years, but certainly um, has developing more and more every year and has come, you know, had a few good games this year as well. So so there's, there's certainly some talent um, floating around the Australian rugby back row and Pete Sam is another guy too whose yeah. name we haven't mentioned but Angus um, Cottrell yeah plenty yeah Gus Cottrell another, yeah. another good one so there you go so Nick you've got a got a fairly dynamic combination there's a lot to like about this combination it's it's a uh, you know I'd say it's a it's a left field one but I you know your player of difference has uh, no doubt about his form this year yeah so I mean this is this particular part of the uh, of the team was really difficult because like you mentioned yeah. there are so many people putting their hands up and i think luke for example like luke jones would was a player that i would want in my starting side but um <clears throat> i'm going with something that we have done in the past so i would have hooper and pocock both in uh, in the starting lineup um i'd have pocock at number eight and then whoever would fill out that that the person who would fill out that last flank of position for me, it's it's got to be Lachlan McCaffrey from the Brumbies. He's been in phenomenal form, even though he's still coming back from from injury right now. He's the aggression that he has brought uh, to the uh, to every game that he has played has won the Brumbies so many games. Just that level of physicality, that level of intimidation uh, that he has brought into his game, and he's playing so well right now. Um, every time he gets the ball, he looks dangerous. And, you know, when it comes to those championship moments, you need something like that. Um, so I, for me, it's he's the one of the real bolters into this, into this squad. And I feel like considering he is in red-hot form, the best form in his career so far, uh, you'd have to pick him for this squad. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's fun to be said for picking players when they're in form. Um, yeah, I, I still can't get around. I think it's been mentioned on the podcast before that he, he might be another Scott Favre or Richard Brown, and with all due respect to those guys, guys that were exceptional at Super Rugby, but never quite sort of transferred that to test level. In saying that, I'd really it, it, I'd really love to see how it go. You know, he's a smart player. He's very experienced. He's got sensational skills. It would be really... It would be really fascinating to see if that's transferable to that test level. I, I, uh, it'd be interesting. I just don't know whether we'll get much of a chance this year. You know, I, I know he's been injured of late, but uh, his uh, his form has been undeniable. Um, yeah, look, I, I think we've touched we've touched on all our bench players. Pocock was on my bench, but I did bracket him with Pete Samu, um, depending on Pocock's uh, injuries, I guess. Um, but uh, I think Sami's sort of surprised me this year. I was not a massive fan last year, but I think he's been very good this year as well. Uh, but as uh, as you said, plenty of talent there. Uh, let's move on to the back line. Um, number nine's pretty easy, guys. Will Genia all round. I don't think anyone can dispute that. Uh, you know, who comes next? Uh, bench players, I've gone for Jake Gordon from the Tars. Um, I don't think it's necessarily an easy selection. Nick, you're the same with Jake. Hugh, you've gone for Nick Phipps. You know, is there uh, any particular theory around that, just his ability to charge down conversion kicks? Yes, pretty much. No, look, I think he's finding form. I, I think it's a pretty is, even race. He? It's yeah. it's a pretty even race for halfback. Um, I, I think Jake Gordon's there or thereabouts. Tate McDermott's in good form. You've got to remember Nick White coming back from overseas. Yeah, that's um, a good point, yeah. Look, the only thing, the only reason I like Phipps is that in the role that he will play, hopefully, unless there's an injury to Genia, is it's coming off the bench with 10 minutes to go, and he's a guy that can push the pace. And yep. and I think he plays a role that is suited to the bench halfback. Um, now, you know, you can make a case for every halfback, and I, yeah. I can see all of that. So I think there's a lot to, lot, lot to go on um, from that point. But I think Phipps, again, coming back to experience, someone with the runs on the board, I think is a bench halfback. You're playing 10 minutes. Really, my KPI is that you don't, you don't screw it up basically. And, and, 
and I think um, risking someone more inexperienced might might bring that into play. Yeah, it's a good point. And obviously, I'd love to push the barrel of Tim Tate McDermott. And he would probably be, oh, it's hard to say now. I was going to say, he'd probably be in my, in my touring squad as the third halfback. But I, I rate him very highly. And I think his, his form, you know, su- sustaining his form through the season has been excellent. You know, but you're, like, you're right. Nick White's coming back for, for a reason. And even Joe Powell's playing as good as football I've seen in a while. I don't think he poses a threat. You know, he, he's not the. He's not going to make or break a game from the bench. Very solid player, um, combines well with his team. So probably wouldn't be pushing for a World Cup squad position from my perspective. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying about Phipps. You know, that's that's a really, you know, great addition to the game late is just to, to keep that speed up. Um, and uh, his, his, his impact and experience is undeniable. Uh, but then we come to this 10 position. Um which is curious, and, and you know, I think we've got options. Um, they might not all be standout options, but we've definitely got options this year, which we've probably lacked in the past. Um, Nick and Hugh, you guys um, from New South Wales have gone a certain way. Uh, Nick, do you want to talk us through your selection there? Yeah, so, I mean, 10 is a bit, is, is quite a tough one, It's and... It is interesting to see that you've got the likes of, say, you know, people have talked about Quay Cooper and people have talked about um, Christian Liliofano. Um, but, you know, for me, it's it's kind of really sticky. At the moment, I'm kind of saying that we, you know, we've talked a lot about how Bernard, it's been kind of Bernard Foley and then it's been the rest for a while. It's good that we're seeing that competition for that role. Um, but right now, I think Bernard is still the most consistent Um of all of all the tens that we've got playing so far, so I'm sticking with him for now. Additionally, as well as because you know he has been in the role for a while, and you know he has kind of you know at the last World Cup it was a role that he excelled at, and you know who knows? Say for you know the, yes, the, the last couple of years have been tough, but you know if he gets a couple of good games under his belt, he was you know like that last World Cup, he was unstoppable and he was consistent. He's got that in him to play like that. Um, so I think really now, you know, it's it's him at, uh, for me, it's him going at 10. Um, but I'll tell you, the, the you know, I, I did throw up putting Cooper, Quade Cooper into the into the bench because he's not far behind. All right, here, I'm keen to know, let's do the opposite here. Why didn't you pick Quade or Tamur or Lelia Fano? You, you've gone with Foley. Why, why didn't you pick the others? Well, look, okay, let's go process of elimination here. I don't think Tamu is a 10. Um, no. Love him, rate him as a player. I don't think he's a 10. And I think we saw evidence even of that last year when he was picked a 10 and actually, you know, he's the incumbent 10 for the Wallabies because he yeah, that's finished right, yeah. the year there. Um, I I don't think he's a 10. Um, Quaid, I, I think, is a player that I love and a player I want to be everything that we all want him to be. Um, but I'd still think he hasn't quite kept his early season form going consistently, and he still hasn't demonstrated to me that 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 brain snap that that we know he can he can have. He still hasn't eliminated that from his game, um, and I and I just think generally speaking, he he's on par to me with what Foley and Leo Lefano is. I actually yep. don't think there's much separating them at all. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Foley isn't prone to a brain snap. He's had a few. He's thrown an intercept pass. Yeah. I thought he was below his best on on Saturday against the Reds. He he um you know he just made some errors and and um, missed a couple of absolute sitter tackles too. Um, Christian Lealofano is probably the most consistent of the three in some ways, but um, I, I I think yeah, look. They're all very close. I, yeah. I come back to Foley, and I do it through gritted teeth, if I'm brutally honest, um, because I think we could do probably better than what we've got in the 10 jersey in some ways. I want us to be able to do better, but I'm just not sure we can. And Bernard Foley at the moment is probably the most reliable option. He's got you know, the runs on the board in international level. He's been there, and he has shown an ability to to get the best out of the players around him. And I think at this stage of a World Cup cycle, 
I'm reluctant to probably risk anyone else. And I will be relying on him to be less of a, a playmaker. I'd, I prefer to see us take on what the Rebels have been doing and playing a lot more off Will Gettinger at nine. Um, but I, I also think Foley's probably the best person to facilitate um, my selection at 12, who's Samu Karevi. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. Look, I, I, to me, it's, it, it is probably in some ways the hardest selection that, that, that yeah. there is because I, I don't think there's a, someone that's really been throwing their hand up and going, pick me, I'm in great form. Um, and, you know, I think there'll probably be Brumbies fans clamoring that Leo Lafano's been doing that, Rebels fans clamoring that it's been Quaid and, and Reds fans probably going, hey, why not Bryce Hegarty? Yep. He's been in great yep. form too. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, they're all right to a certain extent. But I, at the same time, I'd, I'd wager no one's playing the house down. So um, yeah. in that, I'm probably going back to this, what, what is probably the safe option in this, this instance, and that's Bernard Foley. Yeah, it's a fair call. I get what you're saying. I, so I've gone Lilia Fano. Yeah, I haven't gone Quaid on this occasion. And there was a time there was Quaid was in, the, was in my team. But, yeah, the last few weeks, which has sort of um, corresponded with the Rebels, streak of losing i think he's been disappointed and you capture it well and he's still prone to those little things that we just can't get away with in a test match um i um i i went against foley because one of his big benefits one of my justifications for his selection in the past has been his combination he really unleashes falau well now falau's not a factor anymore and, and so that just takes away one of those strings to the bow that he does I've gone for Lilia Fano. So the, what sets Lilia Fano apart um, from Foley for me is I, I think he manages the match better than Foley. I think he controls his back line. I think he gets his team around the park um, better than Foley. There is definitely a degree of frustration with Foley from my perspective in that he hasn't delivered us much over the last few years. Yep, great, fantastic in 2015 for a few games there, but... Um, since he's, I think he's been disappointing and, and, and inhibited us. So this is as much as a change for the sake of change. Um, but I also just think Lilia Fano's man management is, is really important. His game management is, is a real skill, real art. And um, even, you know, if he does have a different perform, it's not as dramatic as um, the likes of Foley and, and most particularly Cooper. It probably impacts our goal-kicking options a bit. Um, but uh, that's you know we've got to get the right teams on the right players on the on the park first before we worry too much about that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I went a little bit different there. I do have I would have Quaid on my bench um, just for that X factor he provides, and whether that's correct, uh, I'm not completely comfortable with it yet. We've got a lot of options there, but Quaid's on my bench. Quaid's on your bench, Nick. Um, so in terms of like going on on the bench as well like I've kind of wanted to put Cooper in because I do feel like he can bring that even though like you mentioned he has got the potential for uh, to have a bit of a brain fart occasionally um, likewise he can also produce a bit of magic um, yeah and, and he has shown that in the past and partic- and you know having him as a finishing 10 um, you know it, 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 it is a high risk. Uh, period of the game that you're that you're bringing him on, but you know high risk but potentially high reward, because he could throw that pass that could you know that could put a player in space and then suddenly, uh, and then suddenly the you know the Wallabies are back in a game or further ahead in a game, and that could mean the difference between winning the World Cup and losing it. So I do I do agree though that that Liliofano has um, has been very consistent. This uh, this season, my kind of worry is I feel like he hasn't been really, he's kind of been lacking that real X factor that kind of would push him uh, into Wallaby contention over Foley. Um, so I would put Cooper into my reserves. Interesting. Um, all right, let's move to the centres, guys. And, and uh, again, we've all gone for Sami Karevi. Um, uh, where are you picking him, Nick? Are you got him back at thirteen, or are you sticking with it twelve uh, for Sami? I'm going to have uh, Samu outside centre. I think he's a coming up. He's a, a really strong attacking weapon. And I think he's only getting stronger and stronger uh, in terms of that. And I feel like his services uh, would be better uh, coming off the out um, in terms of uh, attacking role and breaking and breaking tackles um, from the outside centre position. Um, much yep. like Peter Kirandrani did. In terms of twelve, though, I've kind of 
thrown a bit of caution to the wind and I'm going with Matt Tamua. Um, because, and I've done this for a couple of reasons. One, because I think, you know, Tamua, he kind of does, has, like, like Hugh mentioned earlier, he's not a, he's not a fly half, but I think he is much more at home in the center, in the center's role. And two, mm. I mean, one of the big problems that Karevi has had in the past is his defense. You know, he's been a strong, solid attacking weapon, but I feel like his defense has been uh, not up to as standard. And that's where I think Tamua comes in, because he's a very strong, aggressive, defensive player. And having him alongside Karevi um, will put a lot, will be a huge pressure reliever for Karevi and allow him to work on his game. But also having Tamua there in the... Um, in the, in the starting centres role uh, will enable us uh, to kind of have that extra choice in terms of an, an extra support in the defensive line. In terms of support for that, so I've kind of also looked at the likes of uh, Chris Vea Sortia, who's also been having a really good season off the um, off the Reds, as well as, you know, Kirtley Beal. He can kind of slot into, into any position there as well. And it's good to have a player like that, um, in your in your squad uh, in the event of injury or anything like that, and but of course you know it, it's impossible also not to include Tavita Kirandrani because he's been in the best form that he's he's been in some of the best form we've seen in, from him for years, um, and you know he's also a really solid attacking weapon. Yeah, indeed the Fijian connection, the rise of Karevi here this year is quite exceptional, isn't it? In terms of the development of his game, I think he's caught. Many people by surprise. It's almost been a bit of a defining year, um, you know, from a, a realization and an age of awareness in terms of the full gamut of the skill that he can he, he brings to the team now. Yeah, he's carried the Reds this year. There's no two ways yeah. about it. I mean, he we have we've been a bit silent on his contract situation for next year. Yeah. But I mean, by God, they'd be wanting him to stay in Australian rugby because just what he brings every week, you just can't can't take your eyes off him. He, you know, he'll produce a couple of absolutely awesome, you know, awesome moments where, you know, he'll carry five people or, uh, and then produce an offload or break three tackles and score or do something just insane. So, I mean, he's in the form of his career and he's, I think, you know, one of the candidates for, you know, who's going to be a breakout year for uh, as a Wallaby. I think it's his time. Um, you know, he's he was elevated very young. He was thrown into the cauldron in a few really difficult Bledisloes, um, out of position in some cases, and he was exposed. Um, you know, we were all always worried about his defensive weaknesses. We were always worried about, you know, his propensity to potentially throw an offload that wasn't there or some or, you know, some things that, you know, young players do. But I think this year he's certainly matured. Um, he's making, you know, the right call almost every time. His defence is great. Um, look, he's he's one of the first names on the team sheet for me at this point in time. Yeah, he is a guy that has improved at every level. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to see him play club level. He blew it away at NRC level. He was excellent early on for the for Super Rugby but every year he's improved his game, and this year it's gone up to um, an enormous level. His kicking game is fantastic. His off-playing game is astute, but also just his passing game, um, and he reads the game so well. So really looking forward to seeing him in the Wallaby jersey. Uh, what about outside centre, Hugh? Was this an easy one for you, or did you have a few options? You went with Tavita Kurandrani? Yeah, I think I think... I like the balance of, of my back line. I think um, yeah. Tavita Kurandrani's the 13. I think it's hard to just talk position by position in, when, once we get to the outside yeah. backs. I think these days the idea that, you know, I've said this before, but the idea that, you know, rarely do you have a situation where the 5'8 passes to the inside centre, passes to the outside centre, passes to the winger. Um, you know, it, it's all a little bit more fluid and you need a players with less in terms of positional um, elements, although there still are certainly things that you need each position to do, but more of a um, more of a mix of, of playmakers, uh, hard line runners, um, and potentially you know faster people out wide, or, or you know a, a, a mix of physicality and skill. And um, Tavita Kurandrani is my outside centre, and and I think um, you know having those two centres there as as really physical players, good defenders. Um, they've got you know. Uh, great ball running abilities. They've got the ability to draw and pass, but you wouldn't call any of them playmakers because I think at this point in time I'll, I'll say you know my bench, um, my last bench player is Matt Tamua, who I think is a great um, 
uh, bench player in in that regard. He can play a number of positions and is versatile, but also um, at fullback. I, I won't announce my my wingers yet, but I've, I've got Kurtley Beal at fullback, and I think um, he's another player that can complement um, those two centers. Come in and 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 work hard on the counter attack. He can put these guys into in a space, um, and he can certainly work in in more structured attack as well as a playmaker too, um, allowing Karevi and Kurunjani to play a little bit wider and exploit some of those mass matchups out there. So that's that's um, my rationale for the centers. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I've got Tavita as well, and, and he has lifted his game, as sort of Nick alluded to. He's, he's really starting to find that form, and he's a bit of a slow starter. Uh, you know, it, it is a position I've, I've probably struggled with, and, you know, I'd love to get Reese Hodge in my starting team, and I, I won't spoil it, but he, he's not in my starting team. He's on my bench. I'm, I'm a massive fan of Hodge. He's one of those guys who delivers, and I know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what his best position is, but I, I just think he's a he's a great, you know, he's almost like just the final piece of the puzzle wherever they fit him. Um, I can get he's not necessarily a 13. I'd love him to be. I think he's got the capability to be, but he maybe his versatility is his curse. But big uh, Hodge fan. Kurundran is the man and his form's deserved it. But I tell you what, it won't take much to, to bend my arm and get Jordan Pattaya back in the team. You know, he's, he's only going to start running in the next couple of weeks. But that's probably enough time to get him back playing footy prior to World Cup. Whether it's enough time to get him straight back into the you know the World Cup squad and then in the World Cup team top fifteen, I don't know. But the form he showed in just his one full game uh, at the start of the year was exceptional, and I would have him back in this Wallaby or into this Wallaby team in a flash um, if he showed yeah. Lots of lifts and buts, but if he showed that form again, I, he's just an exceptional player. It'd be a massive call, but um, uh, in the meantime, Kurundran is my fallback. Um, we've got to go to the back three now. You, you started with Bill at fullback. You've talked through that. Why don't you complete the set for us and, and talk us through your wingers and how that completes your back line? Well, we've got an absolute smorgasbord of options on the wing oh, at, amazing. at, at amazing. present. Um and I, I think the one guy that can walk in uh, to the Wallabies and should, um, in the absence of Israel Folau, is Dane Hallett Petty. I think he is a guy who is slowly getting there at super level. He's been injured a lot this year, um, but he's genuinely classy player. He proved it last year. He proved it the year before. He's consistent. He can stay on the field. Um, he's got you know a really reliable set of skills um and I, I like him on the wing and and i thought long and hard about my last winger um there's there's some options there and i know um reg and nick have gone certain ways with it but um I, i've put in reese hodge I, I like again um i'm going with a a, a a balanced what i think is a very balanced back row and hodge i love his long kicking ability mm. um i love his game sense um i think he's generally makes really good decisions and I, I, I like having him there. Probably, you know, I think he's deceptively quick. He's probably not yep. the express pace of, of, of some of the other candidates, but um, I think with Beal there, he can play off Beal quite well and feed off, you know, some of the hopefully run off Samu Karevi and Tavita Kurandrani, who, are, you know, I hope can make some little breaks and half breaks and, 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 and uh, put Hodge away. So that's that's the plan. And certainly knows knows how to find his way to the try line, which is something Tavita Kurandrani has as well. So hopefully there's some try scoring ability there. Nice stuff. Um, and just that, the ability to kick a goal from over 50 metres could be invaluable come World Cup time too. Well, that's, that's one of the things I love about Hodge. And I, I, you know, that's why I'd love to fit him in there somewhere. Um, Nick, you've got him there. You've got a really interesting back three. Um, a few of the players we've mentioned, but a, a bit of a bolter there. And, and, and one that it's... You know, makes making a very strong case for himself. Yeah. So for my back three, I mean, I, I agree with with Hugh in, in having firstly having Reese Hodge. I think you know he has shown in the past that with a gold jersey on, he has really put, um, done well on the wing. I, I remember it was a couple of years back he scored a couple of tries when we beat the All Blacks in Brisbane um, when he was on the wing. And you know, he, with, like you already mentioned, with that boot, he is um, that is such a skill that. Uh, that will be incredibly um, valuable in during the World Cup, and it's something that I think we should turn to a bit more, uh, particularly in those dying stages. But for my other winger, um, I went to watch the 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 Waratahs play the Sharks at um, at Param at the new Parramatta Stadium a few weeks back, 
And the 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 by far and away the best performer on the field that day because the Waratahs had a pretty had a bit of a shocker was Cam Clark, and he has really been um, kind of really making a statement um, in terms of uh, his ability you know to chase down ball. He's re- very fast, really fast. But that particular game, he put one of the biggest hits I've ever seen on his opposite number, which is. I just thought to myself, you know, when you see the likes of when we talk about Corbetti and how important that defence is, I go, there's the defence that you need on the wing, that kind of really aggressive, brave defence. And I see, and I can see him, you know, with his speed, with his, with that aggression, being a really good um, option for us to be on the wing in terms of an attacking weapon. Um, but for my 15, I think, you know, there's a reason why... Uh, you know, Dane Halepetti held out Israel Folau last year from from that fullback role, and it's for a reason. He play he was playing really well last year, um, really versatile, excellent kicking game, very athletic, um, and just really rugby smart. Which you know for that for that halfback for that fullback role rather is so important. So for that fifteen, you know, I think it's Dane Halepetti for me. Yeah, nice. Cam so, Clark's an interesting one. I think he's part of the Wallaby squad at the moment. Um, whatever they're doing, their admin and training and all that sort of stuff, and it's it's deserved. He, you know, he was surprisingly, no, sorry, he was he caught the eye last year with some very good performances, and he's done so again this year. Um, he's made that wing position his own, and some some huge tackles, like you say, but even the tackle on the weekend on Alex Murphy um, was significant as well. So, uh, and one of those, he reminds me a lot of Rob Edgerton, well before both, probably both of your times. It was our Winger at the 91 World Cup just did the little things right, chased the kicks, made the tackles, scored the tries when needed. Um, so a bit of merit to that. Look, I've gone um, uh, Kirtley Bill at fullback um, with Hale at Petty and Noavalu on the wing, although I could just as easily pick Hodge or uh, just connected to me. Jordan Pattaya's fit. He could go on that wing pretty happily. I am about balance. I'm not 100% happy with this. Bill, I must say, has only really snagged this position in the last couple of weeks. I would have had probably Banks there, if you asked me, a month ago, particularly with Hale at Petty um, injured at the time. Um, I th- you know, I don't think Banks has been hot and cold this year, which is a shame. I think this was his chance to really claim that Wallaby 15 jersey, um, but he hasn't shown enough to be that test candidate yet, which is a shame, despite what I think some Brumbies will say. But I, I, I generally don't think he's sort of owned the game like you would expect a Wallaby 15 to do. Excuse me. I agree with what both of you say. Dane Halepetti has to be in the team. Um, he's on my wing there. Um, contributes so much to the game, playmaker, kicking, all that sort of stuff. I've got Naivali there because I, I like the idea of a pure winger, a pure finisher. And I think he's been very, very good for the Reds. Um, Corabetti, as many people know, I'm a massive fan of. And he's done some good things in the last couple of weeks. But he is also pretty, pretty dire of late, so I can't pick him. Naivali there for his finishing abilities, but like I said, I'm open to to sort of alternatives there, um, and I've got Reese Hodge on the wing filling those positions. So, um, yeah, Jack Maddox, guys, uh, yeah, uh, look, I, and I probably had him in an early team. I, I'm still not quite sold on him. You know, the, you know, I still get the feeling he's being picked on potential for the Wallabies. You know, he's doing some good stuff for the Rebels and so on, but. Yeah, yeah, I'm not com- quite convinced of him as a winger. I'd like to see a lot more from him, um, you know, for the Rebels. And he, he's, yeah, uh, still a little loose for mine, still out of position at times, defence questionable. Um, and, um, yeah, not quite cutting it as a wallaby for me just yet. That pretty much wraps us up for the team, guys. Any other final comments or should we jump straight into our bolters? Um. My final, I suppose, just a general observation is I actually think we've got some good options in every position, don't we? I mean, yeah. I'd say yeah. hook is probably a bit of a weak point for us, um, and that's that's not ideal. But you know, we um, we've really got um, some good options across the park to the point where we've had a a pretty in depth discussion with all of us raising options. I think all of our teams are would be pretty decent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, things obviously the injuries are going to hit and other other things, but. Uh, Touchwood, it's all it's all looking okay at the, at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree. There's some really interesting options there, and some good depth. You're right. Hooker is a little bit different, and we sort of talked about that. But in fairness, I mean, I think particularly those three rookies, Fitzpatrick, 
Marfi and um, and Rangi. And we have Jordan Ulessi coming back. He, he might be on the bench for the Rebels soon enough, um, which will be interesting to watch. I am very cautious about him. But in Rangi, Marfi and Fitzpatrick, who haven't played Test, they've, they've played very good footy this year. And, you know, if it was any other year than a World Cup year, you'd, you'd, you'd even be considering them for, uh, uh, you know, a Wallaby start at that at some stage. So let's move into the bulk of choice. And I guess this was a chance to identify someone else who... Yeah, we couldn't, in fairness, pick in our 23, but we think whether they play a role in the 30 or they're close enough to, they've caught our eye and, you know, they're they're, they're particular uh, Wallaby candidates sooner rather than later, we think. Hugh, Cracker, this is is just, you know, the perfect selection for this. Talk us through yours. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, it's taken a while, but I'm getting the, chucking the blue jersey on here finally. Um, Oh, good, yeah, we're worried. And, and, um, and um, I'm picking Harry Johnson Holmes, who I have been incredibly impressed with this year. I think we, as Waratahs fans, were probably um, a little bit worried about our prop stocks um, coming into this season, um, given the injury to Tom Robertson and the loss of Paddy Ryan. Um, and, you know, prop's always a position in Super Rugby where your depth gets tested and, and you know, we were worried about, about what we had in the tank and, you know, Harry Johnson Holmes has been the revelation this year. His his scrummaging is is of of good quality for a player so young. Um, his work around the park is is just phenomenal. He regularly leads the tackle statistics. He he rarely misses them. Um, and he started taking some great pilfers. He um, has some lovely little touches with ball in hand. He can uh, take the ball close to the ruck. He certainly. Um, you know, as adept as a prop can be in the wider channels too. Um, and I, I think he will be a Wallaby um, more sooner rather than later. And, and I, as I said, look, I, he's a bolter in the sense that I, he's probably um, needs a few injuries to, to come into consideration. Um, and certainly we're not wishing for injuries to have him, but if they did, um, I think he, he would come in and, 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 and really be a, um, a, a, as bad, as good as you can get for a sixth uh, string prop. Which is which is really what he is. But um, if if he if he comes in, I'm sure he's not going to let the team down. And 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 um, yeah. So he he's my bolter, and certainly one to keep an eye on for the future. Indeed, Nick. What about you? You've got a few bolters on your team. Is there anyone else from outside that squad you 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 know is pushing for it? Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to pick one that you guys have both picked in your squad. Um, and for me, it's um, it's Izzy Nasirani. I think that. He's such a, a, his story over the last couple of years has has just been phenomenal, just watching him develop and, um, you know, from his days in in WA and then playing in the NRC and then moving over across to to the East and now, you know. Hey, 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 just, just, there was, he was in Brisbane before he went over to Western Australia, so this not to, yes. Yes, no, it is true, it is true. Yes, I know. But. The, the, just watching him develop, no matter where he has been, he has always been. Whether he's been in Brisbane, whether he's been in Perth, where now you know where he's down at the Rebels, he's just he's a player that's heading in the right direction, and he's looking increasingly dangerous every time he's played. And it's it's a testament to you know the development pathways that we've had so far, and in, the, in um, that he's really kind of you know he's flourished in the NRC, and now he's starting to flourish in Super Rugby. And I think it's only a matter of time before he starts to he'll start to flourish with a gold jersey on. And it's not a matter of if he gets picked, it's when he gets picked. Um, and it, I'd love to see him in that squad that goes to Japan. Um, and I can't wait to see more players, like, you know, see more players like him. And, you know, I think he's, considering, we, you know, you've been going slightly off topic, but considering we've been hearing so much stuff about the future of the NRC, I look at players like that and I go, you know, seeing him develop over the last couple of years, I can't wait to see... You know, it really goes to show that seeing the, that development keep those pathways because it's devel- it's creating talent like this, and it, and it's a testament to the fact that we've been having discussions around so many of these players. There's so many options, and I think it's just giving it time and seeing that work is really good. So nice, Ronnie, all the way for me. Yeah, nice. Look, uh, I've mentioned a couple of guys. I, I, I think from a, an uncapped Wallaby perspective, one of those hookers is going to be on the plane. You know, it, it's got to be either. Um, Rangi, Murphy, or um, or Damien Fitzpatrick. I could, you know, if Falafel Inga's one, they'll take three hookers. Falafel Inga's one, maybe Tatafu, 
maybe Jordan Yalesia. I think the odds are really long on those guys, um, at least all three of them. But I could only assume one of Murphy, Robin, uh, Fitzpatrick or Rungy will be on that plane. So uh, that's one I've talked about, Tate McDermott as well. Um, but again, you know, being the completely biased Queenslander, and I don't expect this one to be even be talked about this year. Um, but as a player to watch very, very soon is Isaac Lucas. You know, I've just been blown away by his ability to... What he's got, he's got the very rare ability, at least in Australian rugby, is to set up his outside man, to to draw and pass, to find the space and to make um, an opportunity for someone outside him. We don't see that often these days. It's a skill that's been lost. Um, you know, I think back to what Andrew Slack and Jason Little and all those sorts of guys used to be able to do, um, Lloydie Walker, all that sort of stuff. But Isaac Lucas is a rare talent. Um, he, he is not a realistic World Cup candidate, so I'm probably cheating a little bit there. But um, I, I just think he's an exceptional player. And, and I, some people sort of talked about him being a bolt. It'd be, it's way too early for him, but... Um, a fantastic talent and, and one to watch. Um, good stuff, lads. That's That pretty much wraps us up. I think we, we sort of frame this around being a selection um, committee um, and us representing those three selectors. Clearly that didn't happen because we've just... I'm, I'm, I'm sure they don't just sit down and discuss their own team and then walk away happily. So I, I think in true Wallaby, how we suspect it will happen, those guys will, will all get together and choose a team and we'll just go with whatever Michael Checker wants. So I guess you, Cavill, you've won the day and your team is now the Wallabies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um, um, yeah, and look, unfortunately, we're going to be done in by poor officiating, um, and that's just the only <laughs> situation. That, uh, yeah, I, I eagerly await our quarterfinal loss to probably, what, Ireland. But, uh, yeah. No, Ireland don't win quarterfinals. Um, it'll be someone else. <laughs> Still making friends with the RSU. Um, <laughs> guys, we should... Prove me wrong, mention... Ireland. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot been happening with Israel Folau. We're not going to go into that. It's all written. It's all out there. You know, I maintain the, the podcast. Uh, Jamie, Hugh and Matt did cover that story as well as anyone, um, regardless of the fact that the story has evolved since. So we don't need to say anything more on it. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, I, there's things I will say, but I, I, I won't say. One of the big things that we should just acknowledge um, in closing is the retirement of, um, I guess, a, a couple of recent Wallaby greats. James Horwell, you know, excellent Wallaby captain, won a Bledisloe, won a rugby championship, or, sorry, won a rugby championship, beat the Kiwis, um, super rugby title for the Reds, has finally hung up his boots after finishing his season with the Harlequins. Um, great acknowledgement, but Really, when you talk Legends of the game, the the guy that did it today um, really is up there with the very greatest, George Smith, uh, King George, I think the inaugural winner of the Green and Gold Rugby Player of the Year um, uh, in 2009, um, has finally hung up his boots. I think it's a 20-year professional career, which is just ridiculous, but uh, an amazing player. Hugh, any particular outstanding memories of the man? Oh, just the gloves. You, it's just don't see gloves anymore, you know, yeah. um, and dreadlocks too. I mean, I yep. bemoan the lack of dreadlocks players running around, you know. Um, yeah, I, I certainly don't mourn the lack of number sevens who feel the need to kick. rubber kick, um, <laughs> which I think was an obsession with his. His had probably got a little bit too far at one point, but uh, <laughs> he pulled off more of them than you thought. But um, the thing, you know, honestly, my, my reaction that got me was when I saw him retired. I thought, shit, is he still playing? He's still playing, yeah, exactly. It seemed like we, I thought he retired five years ago, but then he kept coming back for the Reds and kept yep. on it, you know, just. And I think the greatest probably season of his that I can recall was probably 2013 when, again, he, at that point, still, even now, it seems weird six years ago, but he was. Seem you know came back from nowhere, passed his prime, was playing overseas, and came back for the Brumbies and and had an amazing year, and you know came uh, uh, Robbie Deans picked him for that third test against the Lions, um, and unfortunately the great tragedy of that was he got a head knock mm-hmm. early and, and and couldn't really take part, but um yep. he um that season that he played in 2013 when I think he was written off by many people as being too old even then was um was something really special. Yeah, exceptional player. Nick, any any particular thoughts, memories uh, about George Smith from you? 
Well, I I remember the gr- growing up. He was the kind of player that that made me love the Brumbies because when I was yep. growing up, it was that was the days of you know two thousand two thousand and one back when you had the likes of Larkham and Gregan and Smith all playing uh, for that Brumbies jersey. In terms of the green and got my, the you know time in the Wallabies jersey. I remember watching my very first ever Wallabies game, which was uh, 2004 Tri-Nations, where the Wallabies knocked over New Zealand, um, and New Zealand didn't score a try the whole game. They only kicked penalties, and the defense, I just remember the defensive effort he put in uh, in that game uh, to, to give us that victory was something that was amazing, really amazing player. Yeah, for me, it's that first, like, I think he debuted in France in 2000 um, for the Wallabies, I mean, and probably, in fact, I think he debuted for the Brumbies in 2000 as well. But then that British and Irish Lions Tour series that we won 2-1 in Australia in 2001, and he played, and he was in a team that had, you know, sort of Eels, Kefu, Gregan, Larkham, Burke, um, and just as a 19-year-old, did not look at a place. Maybe 20 years old in his second, third and fourth test, did not look at a place against Martin Johnson and Johnny Wilkinson and all these guys, Jason Robinson, and was exceptional. And, you know, it just was just showed you not only did he have the ability, the skills very early on, but also, I guess, the mental fortitude and confidence in himself. It was just a remarkable player and one of the best we've seen. So kudos to George Smith um, for a, a brilliant career. I hope he continues to give back to the game of Australia because his breakdown skills and coaching has benefited a lot of teams and um, we'd love to see it sort of benefiting our future back rowers. All right, lads, I think that should do us. Um, great podcast. Um, people listening, we'd love to hear your feedbacks. Give us your starting 23 for the World Cup final in the comments, either on Facebook or on uh, the blog post where you see this. Uh, we'd be keen to see where they differ. Your bolters as well. The, uh, the unheralded uh, Wallaby rookie that might make your team, you think, deserves a shot around the squad. Uh, Hugh and Nick, thanks for your time, lads. Thanks for your input on your teams. Yeah, thanks for the pod. See you next time. Cheers, guys. All right, good stuff, listeners. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Gregan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes! Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a de Beer.